everybody recording all the time? Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You shall not and you shall greater than the Gungans. Not that I plan to be, turn this into a soundboard show. I just um, you did you you did a great job last time. I will say it wasn't over the top and also was purposefully um, comedic. I suppose. Yeah, just I just did the one right the the bumps. Gungan. Yeah, the gun yeah. the Gungan. I just. I make a lot of sounds and I kind of make a fool of myself pretty frequently. So any, anything to, uh, anything to accompany that is fine with me. Uh, right. Speaking of, um, speaking of comedic, I loaded up my all files thing on Mac. Like I go to finder. I, I just loaded a finder randomly right? to try and find, uh, you were mentioning something recordings or, or something like that. Or I was going to go to, I was going to go somewhere. doesn't matter. Uh, I I loaded it up here. I'll copy this and send it. Let me, let me find our window here. Um, I think in light of the bleed from my audio, I'm just going to, oh, I guess yeah, I don't have video on. You can't see me. Uh, here, I'm just going to go like this. I'm going to talk like this the whole time. Oh, that's make, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like, like a, what's that dinosaur? The uh, Oh, Newman. Uh, mm. Shoot. Oh, yeah. Newman. <laughs> It's like, what? What are you saying? Yeah. Uh, I loaded up. It's not a sound effect show. No, I, I right. I loaded up Finder and Mace Windu showed up or Samuel <laughs> Jackson showed up. And I don't know why. Literally or, oh, just on this. I see. Just not, like not actually he showed up in your room. It no, just, no, I wish. Gosh, that would be good. But this is the first file that <laughs> was selected in Finder, which feels good. Uh, yeah. It's a 1500 by 1000 picture of Mace Windu. Why? Why do I May, have this? May 22nd at 630. <laughs> I, if only you tagged it properly. Uh, tr- oh, gosh. That'll Who be- uses tagging in OS X? I don't know. Flat, tagging? F- no, flat folder yeah. system and just tags. That's the future, yeah. really, of file systems. This isn't a, a tagging episode, but... Um- yeah, I don't know. Whenever they dedicate any amount of time to that on the keynote presentation stuff, it's like, and the color thing too. I don't know who has the patience or time to do that. I guess if you're doing a lot of projects in with files, you might want to find everything that's yellow that you flagged with yellow. I don't. It would. It would have to your be Coldplay, maybe. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. It would have to be something where like. The if you have projects as a folder and then the files within the projects have some sort of relationship to each other, like uh, I don't know, something beyond just a title, I guess. Because I can't think of a situation where I wouldn't just want a folder named contents for page one, contents right. for page two. Let's say if it's a website, so like in my world, why would I go through the like? coloring everything page one and then you end up moving one and it's like oh shoot i forgot to change the color yeah or yeah or tags even i don't know i guess i can kind of get tagging where if you had a whole bunch of drafts of an article that you're writing multiple copies of the file maybe but yeah or if you needed if you needed to keep them in a place like dropbox um and it was for let's say a client project you shared it you can put the client's name in there, but also keep most of their files locally or I don't know. That, that's kind of the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Having two machines, having uh, two operating systems here, Windows and, and Mac, um, sharing files be- 
between them. Like today, I tried to share an MP3 file between the two of them, and Windows does a really weird thing where it'll try to guess what the album art is, kind of like iTunes used to do if you just would... um you throw it into right. iTunes, right-click it, and say, find artwork or whatever it was. Um, kind of the the same equivalent of that, but with their regular music player, and it it didn't grab the correct image, and it was it was strange. It was I, I would have preferred that it just didn't try, and it just sat there and said, this is an MP3 <laughs> file with a, kind of a, a borked ID3 tag. I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll play it, period. File systems, as, as much as I want to talk to you about technology and how we use it, um, there was something about the last episode that kind of, wow, this is going to get super meta. It kind of hit home for me. My, my own words hit home for me because- you really impacted yourself. We, I did. We kind of had like a, a mini therapy session with each other about why we're keeping things. And I realized I said the word digital hoarder about 15 times. And that feels like the category that I'm, I'm embodying and totally a part of now. That's my tag from my life. So I don't know what to, I, I don't, I don't know whether or not I want to continue to discuss highly technical topics of like digital world stuff. Where does it go? Because uh, it gets for me, it starts to get too existential and it, it doesn't really, the details don't matter. I don't care like how, what your folder structure is inside of Google Drive necessarily because it's so just how, what works for you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what's right or wrong or even tell you exactly how I do it because it has no bearing on, on who's listening to this show. Unless that's what the people want, I guess. We'll find out in... Unless that's what the people want. Stuffy slack, high contrast, because... Um, yeah, I don't... It, it felt like we got lost in the in the weeds a bit, the previous episode, too, in, in um, less interesting, to my ears, discussion, too, and, like, similar similar vibe, I think, to what you're saying, is that um, it's, uh, it's stuff that you could, like, discuss for 10 minutes over a beer or whatever if you were so interested, but uh, I don't know that that's our our calling yeah our, our high contrast calling as it were and i don't or think there medium were, contrast there, yeah there wasn't really anything different between the two of us uh to the point of like i completely disagree with you and i need to convince you that the way you're doing it is quite bad and uh, yeah. here's why as, as of yet we've i don't think we've lived up to that premise no <laughs> but this today could be that the first time we'll see the other bit of follow-up i was in stuffy slack there's a bit of a little bit interesting, some interesting discussion, I guess, following that. Folks were interested in sort of how they were backing up their documents and photos, especially. Um, and uh, this is what's weird about recording the episode and then releasing it later is it just does a weird time warp on my brain and like, especially editing it. So if I'm the one who's editing it or whatever, then I'm trying to remember. And also it doesn't help if um, I forget which episode is my audio. So I was actually, sp I spent 20 minutes trying to match up my audio from episode five with your audio from episode six and couldn't figure out why nothing was making sense. But there was enough like gaps between each of us talking that it kind of fits. So I was like, why am I, why did I say I'm talking about video games again? And Kyle's talking about <laughs> documents and like, what is going on? Why? No. Yeah. And you can't remember which one is like oh. the most recent one. And so anyways, finally I figured it all out, which is why the audio was a little bit 
janky because my audio actually didn't get recorded properly last time. Knock on wood or whatever that it's all working this time. Um, but uh, I do actually use, in addition to Google Photos, Flickr. May you almost rest in peace, Flickr. Um, I use Flickr to back up my photos as well on iOS, just as a way of a second, third, mm-hmm. third, I guess, place to throw throw photos. I wouldn't advise that anymore because it feels like it's probably either about to be bought, sold, or discarded at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's all the follow-up. I guess just the, the backup recording audio was bad mm-hmm. on my end. I apologize to any audio files out there. For for Flickr's sake, do you? Yeah, there you go. Uh, as I'm as I'm talking, just put Chris has put. I guess for for the audio listeners, Chris is putting his uh, pinky on his right hand against his right brow, and his pinky from his left hand on his left brow, as as if to uh, be peeking through a wooden door. Here's here's Johnny style. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that there that he doesn't get any uh, headphone bleed into the microphone kyle doesn't like bleeding i, mean, I don't i don't it's a it's a blood thing it's a, it's a blood thing uh past <laughs> kyle i don't like past it kyle. um for the so for the Flickr side are you doing any of the social parts of Flickr, or is it simply a, a backup randomly it ha- i actually i forgot i also have um every time i post a photo to instagram i don't i can't remember even how this is working if this then that maybe or it's something built into Flickr. anyways every time i post a photo to instagram i also get that gets posted to Flickr at the same time must be Got this than that and so then occasionally i'll get like a fave on Flickr or whatever but like there's people who do a really neat job of telling stories on Flickr with their photos uh or use it just like the u2 site i know uses it for just like dumping photos of concerts and then it's in an album and sorted and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of those two extremes but rarely do people load up the Flickr app and you know just the way they do with instagram which is like it's just for anybody who's around when Flickr was popular it's kind of mind-blowing that they missed the boat completely on mobile because um, they had every opportunity to be instagram before there was instagram but just kind of like pooped the bed as it were well yeah and they and they definitely um tried i think at some point once they did realize like oh hey we did that there goes the boat it's gone um (laughs) we there's a picture of the boat right (laughs) here's a picture of the boat maybe we can just Uh take it from a picture uh they tried to be more on the like photographic side of it like the 500 pixels side or the like this is where you put the nice photos you can download the full versions you can uh i don't know i don't know if there's editing but they did say that they would support much larger photos um stuff like that so i guess they tried to lean more into photogs as they as i know they like to be called (laughs) makes sense hogs yeah i got a bit of follow-up for the fire safe that made its way into the little thumbnail for last week's episode right uh i so i opened the box uh, not 30 minutes before this recording started here on tuesday and pulled the fire safe out of its box, opened it up, uh, realized it's actually smaller than an 11, an eight and a half by 11 letter sized piece of paper. So full size sheets will not fit in their flat, which is quite unfortunate. It was made right. for documents, but you need to like, I don't know, roll them up like a scroll or something so that when archaeologists in the future find it. They think Tom Hanks. Yes. When Tom Hanks shows when uh, when Nick Cage 
strolls yeah. into my my at my house, my closet, and realizes that um, I used to store my papers in small little pencil-sized rolls. <laughs> He'll be quite impressed, I think. So anyway, so I opened up this box, shoved everything that I wanted to in there, and closed it up. In the middle of that, there was a, a set of keys, two keys that were inside the box, pulled them out, set them aside, and realized part of the way through that my cat enjoyed kind of just pawing at and clawing the keys a little bit. And I figured, okay, whatever. They're metal keys. They're not going anywhere. So I, I continue putting my, you can see where this is going. I continue putting I my documents into the safe. I close the safe. I go to reach for those keys and they're gone. <laughs> I searched everywhere for the cat. The cat did not have the keys. I I looked where the cat was. The keys are gone. And to this moment, I don't know where they are. I don't know what to do. For the audio listeners may have been thinking like I was, hoping somehow that the way the story would have been even better is if the cat ended up inside the <laughs> The firebox locked with the keys somehow. Yeah. Uh, but I can see the cat is behind you, I'm assuming. Uh, uh, a, that one's there is a cat. That one's upside down right now. Yeah, that's not the one. Um Oh, okay. It was one of the imaginary ones. Then. One of the one of the ones that don't exist. Yeah. Uh <laughs> she I don't think she ate it, but we'll see. <laughs> Every time I have a, a momentary uh, like a moment of like, uh, oh, a dog or cat might be nice. The kids would love that. Then I come across a story like this and I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's that's quite all right actually. I get drunk with soundboard power, but Yeah. I'm just going to throw one in just that that's, that doesn't even make any sense um just so that you have to edit I it out. I generally don't go around sniffing rock stars. <laughs> okay. So, um uh, well, you two segue and follow up. Actually, last episode we talked about the safe word for you. Uh, for folks who are who maybe ha- this is your first episode. Last time, Kyle said something to the effect of, "We used to play snake under the table uh, or under under the desk at school." Did I just say I played with my snake under the desk? So, um, Tasula and the Stuffy Slack came up with the idea that uh, Kyle's a safe word for when his wife is demanding or requesting, or just uh, it's hour four or five of Clash Royale. Um, time air quotes time that he could tweet out the safe word snake. That's all he needs to send out. And that would be the, the notice that high contrast, the audience listeners need to uh, intervene. I Mobilize. Guess. I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there so. should be, I, what I should do is set up an, if this, then that recipe that <laughs> triggers something where when I do tweet that out, it calls, I don't know who it calls ghostbusters, I guess call someone to show up. Pizza Somehow delivery. sets up like a video call right from your your room, so we can see like, okay, what's the what's the status? Right, <laughs> where is how how uh, heat or not heat deprived? Uh, you wouldn't be heat deprived in California. How uh, food deprived? Food, maybe food. We're sh- yeah, we're short on food. Water. Uh, water's water's kind of a plenty. I've got something called an ocean here in California. Mm. Um, Good. I don't know what else. What else could I need? I guess just uh, love life. Uh, the per- the pursuit of making my own choices as a human being, um, not playing Clash Royale. I mean, it's t- it's taken over our lives to the point where uh, safe word is not out of the question. <laughs> but I feel I feel pretty good about the game. I've I don't have a single chest to open up right now. I mm-hmm. have not played in the last at least twelve hours. 
it's it's making its way out of my life slowly but surely. And Just wait until the next clan chest opportunity comes around, because that seems to be what what really fires up uh, your wife. Yep. Yep. So, thankfully, we'll thankfully, the safe is safe from from the fire, but not me. So thanks, uh, thanks to Sula for for that suggestion of snake. And uh, yeah, if there's any way t- for you to get inside the box in, in a real emergency, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see if it gets ever, ever gets that bad. It's like a we'll, like uh, a Doctor Who situation. Tweet, tweet from inside the box. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Last time I think I mentioned maybe I didn't. I was going on a little trip, day trip, overnight trip with my oldest. And uh, on the way there, we, 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 he was, he loves, he's discovered music. He loves listening to music and he made himself a CD. He had on one of the songs in a CD was Bruno Mars. Uh, what's the song called? Uh, Uptown Funk. Yeah. And, uh, and so then all of a sudden that I was just triggered, remembered, triggered, that trigger warning <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the uh, morning show does a little uh, riff on that, uh, an edit as it were of that. And uh, feel free to include that if you want later, but uh, sound. Dope. Yeah, I got it. You know, the thing is though, I could show this into the live stream right now, but uh, what I've done is I've broken this up into each, each do is its own sound. So I can wait as long as I want. Yeah. I, we figured that out the first time that we played this. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Kenny, it's Wait, hold on. It, tell, what, tell me what, what, before, what, what, before what, we get into up down, gosh. Up down vote. Here you go, right? This is what what voice is that? Uh, at the very top. Is that Yoda? Um and as a part one of the segments. And so I was like, oh, we should listen. I'll just play that that part. And then of course it's like an hour and a half long or whatever it was episode. So I just started from the beginning. Little did I know, I wasn't I had never thought that he, as a ten year old boy, would find the morning show that like funny and then also find it killing laugh killing himself laughing funny um i've just figured it for whatever reason to be over his head or or something like that it, it's like adults talking about stuff so he wouldn't be interested in it but to my surprise he was like yeah killing himself laughing like i've never almost like i've never seen him laughing at something in my life like especially he's pretty reserved to hold it in a bit uh he'll be having a great time but you wouldn't see it on his face kind of stuff but here yeah. he was like like doubled over laughing at stuff and uh and begging actually to like because i had one episode downloaded and he's like can we just can we have another one so we actually listened to like four and a half or three and a half i forget episodes over the course of a 24-hour period um in driving the car from where i live to to a place called regina and uh yeah it was it was hilarious he would like even even the periodic table of elements battleship he i was going to pause and or fast forward to like because i knew i had listened to the episode before knew it went on for a little while mm-hmm, <laughs> until mm. somebody found something. He's like, no, no, don't, I want to listen. I want to hear it. <laughs> that, and uh, it, it's, inc- yeah. it's incredibly humbling. First of all, did he get my PayPal payment that I sent? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't have anything other than to say how, 
how incredibly humbling that is to actually hear feedback of someone enjoying our our show um in a in a very like not influenced by anything but the fact that it exists kind of way it it's it's a very strange feeling it's it's almost like those those anonymous youtube views where someone someone i have yeah. no idea existed in the world tuned in watched something for a little bit found out that i have a face and a voice and a and i am a human being uh and then tuned out but hopefully somewhere along the way enjoyed themselves and doubled over laughing is that's a new one on me and i yeah. wow he like the and it, like it really wasn't even any influence because i i'd put it on thinking assuming he's gonna hate it and be like okay when is the stupid like little sound that you're gonna play or whatever but to the point now where he's got like I can say some reference to something. I can't think of anything right now off the top of my head, but like at mealtime or whatever, I've sort of been like, it's a little inside jokes that we have now because of his enjoyment of morning show. But there was like, if there was ever a movie version of good stuff's like launch, yeah, like the, even the mind blowing thing. I was like, I did that once at supper time, like or whatever. And he just like started killing himself laughing. Um, but, um, if there's ever a movie documentary thing made of good stuff, there'll be this moment because we become so successful. There'll yes. be this moment of me sitting in the car with my son being played by, uh, I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> naturally. And uh, where I like put it on and look, look at over at him and this light bulb goes off over my head. Cause it's like, it, it really was this like, Holy cow. Like a, in some weird way, morning show is perfect for 10 year old boy demographic and girl too, possibly like I'm not, but just in my case, my son anyways is like a 10 year old demographic would be perfect for this show. But then like I was talking to you in our Slack is like, okay, but how do you market <laughs> two adult dudes talking about stuff, pitch that as a show that kids might want to listen to or whatever. And I mean, that's where who knows Twitch, YouTube, whatever it yeah. might find its way there. But it is kind of like, I was like, maybe I should get him a shirt and start like this grassroots marketing campaign for morning show at his school. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of one of those things. You're right. Like we, we do have some sort of weird representation of the demographics of folks who do visit goodstuff.fm through Google analytics. We can see whatever 75% of folks identify as male. Um, There's another percentage much, much smaller than that, that identify as female, according to the Internet. Um, The age group is like 30 to 45. And and that's that's like our core demographic. And I think that's probably the core demographic for podcasting, period. I think it's just it's the, the tech folks who, one, adopted it early and two, us, question mark, we're like, yeah. I'm talking, not only are we talking to future Kyle and future Chris, we're probably talking to people who are freakishly similar to the way that we are. Which is where like being on say morning show, being on YouTube um, or Twitch even potentially has the ability to sort of connect into that. Cause that's like, I was thinking my son, there's no way my son would even know how to grab that podcast exists. A, if I wasn't his dad and B that he would figure out how to, get to them somehow on a computer or whatever. So um, I have yet to show him the video versions of the the show, um, which don't. I, yeah, don't No, <laughs> There's, there's something, uh, there's something about even seeing ourselves on there where I realize like, I don't, 
when I'm saying words, even now, because you can see me, when I'm saying words, there is a thought process or a like facial expression that I'll go through where I I don't mean for you to see what's happening, but it is it's something I latch onto in the audio world to try and control myself so I don't say the word um or I don't say um again or I slow myself down slow enough so that I can stumble through my explanation of what I'm trying to say that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. I do this thing where I grab the mic and I move it around and thankfully it doesn't change my voice too much I don't like watching myself on video when it's just me and no one is is directing me So is that uh, is that coffee grounds you're shaking? Uh, coffee beans, actually, coffee beans? roasted oh roasted okay. coffee beans. Let me let me let me tell you a little bit about my coffee beans, Chris. Uh, this is this is from. Show the, me your coffee beans. I, I will show you. I will show you my coffee. This is from the Craft Coffee Roasters in Brooklyn, New York, uh, produced by. I'm going to butcher this. The Ucro Cooperative uh, from Ethiopia. The variety is Ethiopian heirloom uh, from an elevation of 1,900 to 2,100 mm. meters above sea level uh, through a washed process. You can expect notes of orange marmalade and lemon candy, mm. which will welcome itself into a complex cup that evolves in, as it cools into flavors of passion fruit and creamy tropical fruit flavors of soursop. So enjoy. Wow. I'm thirsty right now. It's kind of over the top, right? A little, a little over the top on um, my coffee description there. But basically, what I've got is, and uh, I believe is a four ounce container of whole coffee beans. Where those come from, how you brew them—that's the topic of discussion today. Right. That um, I was going to say maybe this is a segment on. Uh, are we just living in through a segment on morning show of coffee bean? description or not is kind of what That's we could play a, oh my gosh <laughs> Almost. save that for tungle okay. that for uh morning okay show. yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was another one that uh, my son uh killed himself laughing was the uh i forgot which version of or not um oh uh theme park not theme park um county fair food or oh not yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. Mini- Minneapolis, yeah, yeah. Fr- fried food or not or whatever it was yeah yeah, yeah. so but yeah discussing in in Thinking of coffee, as I was sipping coffee this morning and uh, we were trying to decide on a topic and I was like, why don't we talk about what I'm drinking right now? Because I I gather maybe that we have differences. I don't think we're like, we're probably in the same book. We're not on, I don't use, um, I'll just declare this. I don't use like Folgers ready-made grounds. Um, I've, I've, uh, my coffee journey is this. Let me just say this. Maybe you can start here. <laughs> I used to never drink coffee. Then uh, about 10 years ago, which coincided, happen, happens to be around when the time when my son was born, I discovered coffee because <laughs> uh, children have a way of keeping you up at night if, if you've not heard. Um, but if you follow any parent on Twitter, they've complained about their kids keeping them up uh, plenty. So yeah, I'm sure you're well aware, even if you don't have kids. But so I discovered the miracle of coffee around that time and uh, slowly went from like, 7-Eleven uh, or whatever it was, iced coffee, super sweet, iced cappuccino, kind of uh, almost milkshakey type stuff. At Starbucks, I had like peppermint frappuccino or peppermint mocha, I think it was, which is like 
sugar with some coffee added. And that was my transition from there to like a bunch of sugar in a regular coffee to now drinking like a little bit of cream and a little bit of sugar in coffee. So over a 10 year journey, sort of progressing towards blackness, I guess. Okay. Is that, that that's, that's fine to say. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I, I, I don't, I don't find any issue with that. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll talk about my coffee journey. Mine was kind of the same in that I did start with gas station coffee. I had two friends in high school and college who worked at a Chevron gas station very near a freeway. And I spent the first two years of my college career commuting to work. So my coffee kind of came out of the same necessity as as yours did. But instead of a child, I had a commute. And my commute was a good hour and a half 45 45 miles or so into the bay area from where i lived and i did need something i needed anything that that would keep me up for an 8 a.m class because we left around 6 30 in the morning so we would stop at the local chevron and we would get a hot like mocha it was from a machine that when you press the button it would just go and like spit out the mocha stuff yeah. into your cup <laughs> and it's something that's grinding in the background i don't know what it was but it did fine it did the job but that kind of got me going on the like i need caffeine to get the day started do you think two i have two different like segues here that i or um, rabbit trails i want to follow i guess first of all maybe we can come back to this later how much of your life do you think you've spent commuting um and secondly the do you think it's more of a mental peer pressure thing like the coffee idea the idea that coffee is actually helping you does it start off as like i see other people it helping it air quotes helping other people so it's going to help me and then it just like your brain kind of follows because I, I often wonder although let me just correct myself i've tried recently <laughs> to eliminate the afternoon coffee i would have a morning coffee afternoon coffee that's that was all good life was good for whatever reason i decided maybe it's to help not hinder or it's hindering my sleeping ability at night to have the afternoon coffee. So let's cut that out. Um, by three thirty, two thirty, somewhere in there, I am dying and basically ready to collapse in my chair, which is why today, uh, I have a, uh, it's just a McDonald's iced coffee. They're a dollar in Canada right now for iced coffee. But, um, yeah, I've, I've made it, uh, maybe two days in a row with not having an afternoon coffee of some form. So, well, it- it's a good it's a good question, I think. Um, I don't think there was a peer pressure necessarily because I did, let's say, uh, halfway through high school. So uh, during high school, I lived across town. There was a lot of driving in, in that way. Not so much like a hour-long commute, but still sort of, you know, 15, 20 minutes to get across town where we lived uh, to get to school for a 7 a.m. class. I did I did the whole international baccalaureate thing, which was just a, a whole mess of classes and early times and preparing for tests that I never did well on, all that kind of stuff. But I, I would need to be at school super early, and I would... I guess the folks that I commuted with across town who lived near me, we would just carpool, um, they would go to the Java Bean place near our house and i figure mm, okay i i've got a job at a bookstore i can 
I can spare the 250 to get this uh, like snow white beverage that is just chock full of sugar and maybe caffeine question mark i don't i don't know if those first i don't know if those first few ones actually did have much of a buzz other than from sugar and that kept me going long enough i i never i never really felt like i had to get a a 3 p.m coffee again because i was like well i can't carry myself through the rest of the day the i need something else i need another stimulant uh, the thing, though, around that same time that made its way into uh, high school culture was energy drinks. And energy drinks were like, that was the hot, that was what people would go to the high school vending machines and be like, I need three of these because I'm jacked. I need it now. And our morning Java bean runs quickly turned into morning going to the uh, convenience store, 7-Eleven type runs. Uh, it also resulted in other types of runs afterwards, but <laughs> Kenny is, uh, on morning circling back to morning show. That seems to be a ever present theme. Not just Kenny. I, I shouldn't single him out, but, um, Roderick's are the king of diarrhea. Let's just say that. I don't know if John Roderick of, of the long winters is, but, but the Roderick lineage <laughs> is just diarrhea ridden. So I, I guess that's that's what sort of got me into going to the convenience store and thinking that that was the place that I woke myself up before a drive. And there, there's still, I think to this day, there's that mental model that has been created for folks where it's like, oh, I'll go to the Starbucks or I'll go to the 7-Eleven or I'll go to the McDonald's or I'll, whatever it is. Um, you have this pit stop before you embark in your main journey. It could be even in your house. Like you walk from your bedroom through the house to the coffee counter, you make yourself something and then you go sit at your desk at home. And it's just this little pit stop that you've got where you can kind of shut your brain off for a second, go on autopilot, get what you need and get the chemical boost that you, you crave to go throughout your day. Yeah. So do you now where you're at with coffee um, and maybe I guess as of recently, whether that's the last few years or whatever kind of time frame makes sense, but is it a, is it a thing where you can actually having been a coffee uh, consumer for however long, at least for me, 10 years um, sounds like for you even longer, maybe, but give or take, but the, the idea of like knowing when there's really good coffee, bad coffee, or just okay coffee, my flavor palette is very similar to my for coffee is very similar to my beer flavor palette, which I know this is where you and I would just differ, I, I guess. Cause for me, it's like, there's a whole big circle of the Venn diagram is like good to great coffee or beer. And then there's like, I only know something when it's really bad. I, but there's no shades in between of that's okay. That's all right. It's good enough or it's not very good, but, and I would throw it out or, but it's like, it's either like sludge or coffee is kind of like, my the the yeah the gradient worlds. the gradient between going from uh I this is something I can tolerate to this is something I absolutely would never put in my mouth is like I'm snapping it's like instantaneous um right. I understand that because I think that's my I I don't know if I I want to get into it this far but like I guess my palate probably as a as a child or as a a, a young adult was not that discerning 
not simply because I didn't know what I was having. I think that is definitely a contributor, but it's also it also has to do a lot with the other things that I am filling my life with, either food-wise or culturally like not experiencing a whole bunch of stuff food or palate wise uh, did not interest me to go and find like a more lemony coffee. I remember very distinctly going to San Francisco in probably 2010 or so there was this festival. Uh, I went from Southern California up back to my hometown uh, near San Francisco and had a coffee. Yeah, Frisco, the good old Frisco. Thanks, right. thanks, thank you. Uh, they have a coffee place called Ritual Coffee up there that did did pour overs, which is just basically they grind the coffee, they pour hot water over it, and it falls into a cup. They were doing that uh, in a little cart, and so I figure, okay, I'll, I'll get a little coffee. I tasted it, and it was like sucking on a lemon. It was this terrible, terrible acidic cup of coffee that I had never experienced in my life. And I ve- I remember very vividly uh, not liking it and thinking that this was, this was a bad cup. This was a very bad cup, but the line was out the proverbial door. It was, the line was real deep and that's what folks wanted. It was mildly cold that day. So understandably, but even, even then there was something about, whatever whatever my taste was at the time that just didn't meld well with this third wave of coffee producers and uh new san franciscan places that were popping up for making you a hot cup of joe frisco coffee yeah yeah i mean oh i I actually i've been fidgeting with this this whole time i've got a tim hortons uh coffee (laughs) sleeve in my hand the 150 even yeah my uh Nus celebrons. Um, it's that's Canadian English. Yeah. Ah, oh, got it. Got you right. <laughs> my my wife recently went to Canada, and I was like, "You got to go to Tim Hortons. I know, I know that's a place that you you can go. So you should." <laughs> yeah, Tim Hortons. It's uh in the realms of coffee drinkers up here. Anyway, Tim's is like a well, marketing wise, they've established themselves as a, the preeminent sort of coffee place in the the eyes of most people it's not like amazing coffee it's just kind of culturally feels like the thing you do to go grab a a tim's tim's tim horton's coffee um but and then we obviously have starbucks as well but it um and there's plenty of people who love starbucks or addicted to starbucks happily following that chain as well so um and they're not really even in competition i'm sure somewhere they're in competition but like people don't really uh snub their nose at either one unless you're i guess on either extreme i guess of the tim hortons tim hortons would be more uh, economical tim Hort- or starbucks obviously being a little bit more on the expensive side but well speaking uh, of going out and being economical I'm, I'm assuming that for both of us there was this moment where we said going out for this type of thing is not sustainable i cannot continue to do this i need to start making it at home and for me that's that's when everything clicked it, be, it became this this thing that I could myself put extra time to at home, put extra money towards at home and kind of make into what I wanted. And for sure my tastes for coffee and my, my coffee palette of like liking these different types of flavors on the, the lemony side or the floral side or whatever uh, would, 
would only develop when I started brewing it and making it for myself. Was it kind of the the same for you? Yeah, a bit. That's where, like, so my method, we did the pot method for, like, a, just the coffee pot for a while of of getting, like, to the point where we would go to the to wherever, local bro, uh, coffee place, and buy ground beans, like, already. So it would not, we wouldn't even grind our own beans. We would just have a bag full of ground beans and go through that. And I'm sure coffee snobs are, like, you know, aghast at the idea that you would expose your coffee to that kind of air pollution and stuff along the way for like a month or three weeks or however long the bag would last. Um, and then eventually it was like, I, I want, I do want something better tasting than this. I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it would be. So you start looking into different methods that you see online. And if, at, around that time, the Apple nerd community started getting into also being coffee snob community. It's kind of this melding of two worlds and the AeroPress, uh, coffee making device kind of came into fashion. And so, uh, one year we got a AeroPress and, um, that to me changed how I make coffee at home because it, it actually, I can taste the difference between an AeroPress coffee and a pot of coffee or drip coffee or whatever other method that we used to use. Um, except that to the point where now it's, um, the breakfast routine in our house with three kids running around and AeroPress isn't always the most convenient because somebody is clearing dishes or putting dishes away from the dishwasher and a thing sitting on the counter with hot water dripping slowly that's fairly precariously placed on the counter isn't always the most conducive to a peaceful morning of breakfast and coffee. So I, and or being lazy, I guess one of the two, as of a few months ago, switched to like a two cup drip system, just like a plastic filter holder with paper filter inside of it. Mm-hmm. Put the grounds, freshly ground coffee into there. Starbucks grind is what we've been doing lately. Costco big bulk bag and bulk bag and <laughs> dripping the hot water through there at whatever temperature it happens to be boiling or near boiling. I don't have a finicky uh, hot water thingy. Yeah. Boiler. What are they called? Hot water pot with uh, like boi- a doing? boiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, you the- can set the temperature and like. I'm just smack. I'm, <laughs> I'm smack here. I'm sitting here, leaning back, smacking my boiler, smacking my stomach. <laughs> exactly. When someone when someone yeah. says boiler, all all I can think of is like grabbing grabbing my stomach and my belly button is just <laughs> hanging out. Must be a Roderick thing. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so that's where we're at i'm at anyways is like uh aeropress if, if i'm feeling fancy yeah. otherwise it's the drip system because it it makes a couple cups we i leave it in like a a, a what can i think of it a carafe i guess or a thing that keeps it warm anyways like a, a it's the coffee they call it the a words, coffee pot they, it's a coffee yeah, pot yeah yeah, yeah. and uh the words they're escaping me right now but the um and that's where that's how we we do coffee right now anyways, but whenever I do sort of take the extra time to make an AeroPress cup of coffee, I do appreciate it and like it much. It's tastier. It's it. I can feel like the flavors are there. It's more worth, worth my time to do it if I take the time, but often it's just not worth the hassle of spillage, I guess. <laughs> because, because folks are going to ask, uh, do you take your, well, one, What's your AeroPress method? Because I think I have seen you tweet about the AeroPress application on iOS. Uh, I think I'm almost positive you were the one who turned me on to that. Uh, and two, do you dilute? 
So the I used to use the AirPress app. I gave up on it after a while. Uh, I don't remember why exactly, but I just I think for me, anytime there's a, a thing, whether it's this is why I don't like golf is if there's too many variables at play, it stresses me out. And so um, even something as simple as making coffee, there's the so that you've got your coffee beans, the style of coffee beans, the quality, et cetera. That can be one thing at play. How you grind them and what to do, what degree they're ground. That's another variable, obviously. The temperature of your water, the uh, amount of time it sits in the water and doesn't you know drips through or not, and then uh, how you drink it if it's with cream with sugar, and then how recently after it's been brewed you drink it that's another variable there's just a lot of variables going on and and it stresses me out making coffee and that's why actually i often prefer this the chain stuff because i know this is a caramel macchiato from starbucks that tastes more or less the same unless they screwed up every single time and so uh and someone else is messing with all the variables so i can see you you're I, you, I, you, you I, have diarrhea i know i want to ding that bell i want to i want to say yes Yes, yes, yes. It is the the thing we start liking is the consistency, not the not the flavor, not the the meth. I mean, yes, there are parts of it that I can probably attribute to. Like, I love slowly sitting in front of my coffee as it bubbles, bubbles up and blooms and the aroma of coffee fills the air. I like that. But I also it's the same thing. I found a th- a thing that satisfies my needs, and that is what I stick with. And and there is a, a part of human nature I think that just latches onto that and and rides it into the sun. Yeah, until it kills you. Yeah, yeah. Restaurant ordering is similar for me too, where I'm much more much less reluctant to try something once I've found a thing, and uh, that's maybe getting older too. Except no, I was that way when I was younger too. So. Um, but yeah, once I, I want to know that I can make that thing over and over again. And so I've, that's where with the drip coffee system that, that I have is I've sort of settled on, uh, let's say if, if a hundred percent is really good, this is like 70 to 80% of goodness for a coffee. And so it's adequate. It's not amazing. But when I do the AeroPress, there's a lot of like, so I do the inverted usually okay. method and, uh, but even just uh, what actually changed, actually, now that I think about the, what changed for the AeroPress for me, for me at home here anyways, is the, I got a grinder for Christmas, an actual like official grinder. Before that, we just had a manual or like a really crappy grinder anyways. It was electric, but didn't have any sort of adjusting adjustments on it. You just kind of pressed it down as long as you wanted to grind. <laughs> so like, uh, I think sometimes they're considered spice grinders um and they're or blade Similar grinders. Style. Yeah. 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 Blade grinder. Yeah. Whereas now this one actually has like a, uh, settings for like how fine you want it ground. It's maybe, I don't know if it's a burr grinder or not. I can't remember. That's the one style anyways, but it's definitely more accurate where all the, the grounds that come out of it are consistent to whatever, however fine or not you want it. And so that's eliminated that variable for me. It's now always just setting. set, stay yeah, the course. Set, forget yeah, it. exactly. But, um, but the getting the coffee grounds from the container, it grinds them into, into the AeroPress is a pain in the donkey's butt and so it's much easier just to tip it over into the big round uh drip system than into the trying to get the grounds grounds always into the aeropress without making a huge mess all over the counter that so, really that really is a pain in the butt i've got my i have a, a, a package system of aeropress things here in my hand oh, for like for the road uh for the yeah kind of for the road I, it is in a bag in a gallon sized bag because i don't use it that frequently uh aeropress was one of those things that I like to do when I don't have that much coffee, I guess, or 
when my when the coffee that my parents have at at Christmas time is intolerable and is like uh, you, you go to Costco, you have Kirkland yeah. brand yeah. things. Uh, they like to buy the Kirkland brand coffee, not not ground. Uh, there, it's still beans, but it, it it is basically like they took charcoal briquettes and they put them through their burr grinder and then milked them. And I don't like it at all. Uh, there's there is just it's it's quite acidic. So I tend to bring my own little bag of coffee. That's that's how stinking fussy I am with that kind of thing. Um, but the the AeroPress accessories for like getting the coffee into it. You're right. It's not it's not great. It's not really, it depends on what shape your grinder little vessel is where all the beans yeah. fall into. Um, but it's still kind of a pain in the butt to get and if, if into this If there's a listener out there vessel. who solved this problem, like it's static. So like is the, the issue is like the grinds, the grounds, grounds grow in <laughs> to the, the uh, container, the vessel as it were. And then some percentage of them, 20% stick to the side of the vessel. It's plastic. And yeah. if I, wash it consistently it isn't as bad but it definitely builds up uh static electricity or some sort of thing that sticks the grounds to the side of the thing and uh, it just frustrates me because i lose you know whatever 10 percentage every time i make coffee i lose some amount of grounds and so it feels like i'm not getting the full thing so what you're saying is we need to ground the grounds right maybe if i just grind up the vessel after yeah. take take the entire yeah i'll just uh, drink the take that's a really just, you know what? We'll just take the beans. We'll crunch the beans in our mouth. We'll drink a, a hot glass of water and that's your coffee. That's how the, the birds the, do it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The brewing is in your stomach. You don't need to taste it. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, that's it. So show me your coffee method, Kyle. What's your? Uh, sure. Uh, this is, welcome to the first episode of Show Me Your Coffee uh, with Kyle and Chris. I, the bag I was shaking before. The one I was mentioning about uh, Craft Coffee is actually a company that sells not only these sample-sized bags of coffee, but they sell whole pounds of these coffees, and they kind of aggregate and and curate from different parts, different roasters throughout the whole country, put them into a package, and ship them to you. Uh, The the coffee shipment services, I think, uh, which one made the news a while back being acquired by blue bottle um, Tonks, I believe was yeah. the name. Uh, they were a coffee subscription service. Um, I, this is something very similar. So this is a box this is a typical box of craft coffee that we'll get. Um, it's got three, four ounce little baggies like this in here. We just received this one yesterday. That's why it's still in the USPS first class mailbox. It is probably from all parts of the country, uh, all different types from, Ethiopia, Rwanda, uh, Colombia could could it, it could be from any part of the world, which is really exciting. It's kind of it's it, it is very exciting opening a box and just being like, I don't know what's going to be in here. Um, that's kind of how like not discerning I am with my coffee. I right. suppose I was gonna say you don't pick a is it like you pick a flavor trail or something or you kind just, of do yeah. yeah you kind of you give them your taste profile and they try and curate it to what you like so me I like fruity and citrusy coffees uh, my wife less so but when it comes to these small um, small lot and small amounts of coffees. I like to kind of shake it up and, and 
other than actual literal shaking it up. I like to try a bunch of different stuff. It, it Like you mentioned before, it does follow my path of, of kind of enjoying these different beers. I'll try one and never, ever, ever have it ever again. And it's more of the completionist gamification side of me where I'm like, I wanted to try this at least once and now it's done and I had it. I feel that way about coffee as well. So I've got craft got craft coffee uh we've actually hawked it before on morning show if you've heard me talk about it um we had a deal with craft coffee for a little while where they had a coupon code affiliate links stuff like that um i've got my micro filters for aeropress i've got a bunch saved up here i don't use them that much that's why i kind of have i have that still um i do use a i'm not sure what size chemex this is but it makes a lot it makes enough for two cups, two, two to four cups, depending on how, how deep you want to get and whether or not you're adding cream. Um, I use the Chemex bonded filters, the, this box right here. Um, they're not the, the Chemex system is what? So the Chemex is kind of, it's effectively the pour over system that you have your, your little plastic machine where, uh, instead of the machine bubbling the water over the grounds that have a filter underneath them i'm doing the legwork i'm the machine i'm the coffee machine i guess the reason for that is so that i can control the flow and i can control the temperature i i think for the most part when i make chemex it's a weekend it's something that i kind of covet as a like i can relax i don't have to go to work today i don't have to really race to go out and and do and face the day i can kind of sit at home and and throw bacon into my oven and enjoy enjoy my time um so that's chemex it's probably my favorite way of brewing coffee at the moment i will typically do all of the craft coffee i get into those chemex uh brews i don't ever aeropress my my craft coffee lot the other side of it is not hot coffee it's it's cold it's cold brew are you i want to know how That's, much you appreciate that i just have all this at the ready you should see my desk right now it's a it, it I, is i'm awful. feeling i'm feeling unprepared un inadequately prepared for a discussion of coffee making uh i didn't realize you, we had props you said show me your coffee <laughs> i didn't realize we were bringing props today to class <laughs> <laughs> so this is but. this is my cold brew vessel um i've made cold brew a couple of different a lot of vessels yeah I've, I've made cold brew a couple of different ways over the last few years this is my most recent adaptation of that idea um i have a takeya uh two quart sort of plastic container here that i have put a total of i believe 14 ounces of ground brazilian coffee into i get my coffee my brazilian coffee from a place uh, called groundworks here in la it's shipped subscribe and save through amazon on a uh once monthly basis i believe and uh, that'll show up i'll grind half of it and put it in this vessel uh steep it for 24 to 36 hours it makes a nice cold brew concentrate that i then will chemex filter and uh and get just the good stuff dot fm from that oh so that you yeah i was gonna say you were waving it around above your whole computer very trusting that that lid works first of all yes making me nervous yes uh 
but but then so that you then grind or not grind you run through a filter or chemex whatever the fil- chemex the thing is yeah yeah to then drink so do you throw in the fridge then for a while or do you uh, just like it it's typically yeah if i'm gonna do it for 36 hours uh it'll be in the fridge i don't keep it out i did do that for oh, a, this is just for demonstration purposes. this is just for, for demonstration podcast. purposes right. yeah it's typically in the for our audio listeners the door of the fridge it it will i don't like running the risk of the hot california weather um being a a literal hotbed for bacteria growth and stuff like that so i'd rather not uh i want to i want to kind of keep that keep that away as long as possible it stays in the in the fridge it says it'll last two weeks it's never lasted more than three days for me um because i love it was bad or no because i love cold brew and i will finish that lickety split and then move move back to hot coffee with with whatever comes out of that system um do you add sugar cream stuff or is it like you're just drinking straight it's all black so straight to your veins yeah no i do it's basically intravenous coffee at this point i i if i could pump it directly into my stomach and my bloodstream i probably would i guess that would what would that be cocaine yeah i think that's a yeah okay all right um that's not you would know you're in california that's not yeah yeah that's not what i want um so for me your question was how I prepare it like in my cup, right? Yeah. When you're actually going to drink it. Typically I'll, I'll just throw it into a glass, the cold brew, especially I'll start there. Um, clear glass, no straw sipping, uh, ice, couple of ice cubes, big ice cubes. I don't like crushed ice. Something about sipping cold coffee doesn't appeal to me, but, I guess, uh, no, I do it. I was going to say, like, with ice, I can, yeah. I'd like you to try my cold brew, Chris. I'd like you okay. to, uh, to, experience, <laughs> to to fully experience uh, what, what this could be like, because it's kind of, it's kind of chocolatey, and it's kind of, ro- it's not roasty. That's the thing. It's not burnt. It's not acidic. The The cold right. brewing process is is very much about, super mellow flavors almost like chocolate milk you can mix the cold brew concentrate that comes out of this with milk and it is a great time yeah that's what i've done we yeah so is that container that you have for your cold brew is there anything special about that no no this is um just like we just grabbed these off amazon um they don't have any filters or anything like that if i open this up i would it would just pour onto the floor there's nothing special about these um did you demonstrate i could you uh fire safe where's my fire safe <laughs> just get everybody inside the fire station yeah. and pour the coffee <laughs> um it's not yeah it's nothing special it's just a, a regular coffee vessel i've tried though a couple of other uh, cold brewing methods this one is a mesh filter that fits into a mason jar and that i'm holding in front of me um you fill the mesh part with the coffee grounds and then you pour the water through this top area and let it steep for the same amount of time you can put the top and shake it the same way that I I was showing you previously, but then you are supposed to just be able to take this out and have, Hey, here's my cold brew concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Um, it, it adds way too much sediment, um, for my preference. I don't, I don't really like the quantity, the quality that comes of this. So I've been using this mesh filter to, uh, to strain my bacon fat. That's a whole other show. Um, what else? The 
the audio only folks are missing, really missing out on the video version of the show that we don't do. <laughs> Next time, you know what? Uh, I will, I will field questions and I will happily show anyone my coffee setup. Actually, you know what I'll do? I will put an image of my coffee setup into the show notes. Cause I do have, I have a photo of that on the like quick and easy side. I'll make this fast. Um, I have two instant coffees that I will rotate in between the cold brew and hot brews. Uh, one is called sudden coffee. I've, I may have talked about this before on morning show, mm. but this sudden coffee is essentially um, freeze dried coffee, freeze dried instant coffee. It is hundred percent dry in this little test tube and you mix it with, it says eight ounces of cold or hot water. So it'll instantly make an entire cup of coffee for say you're camping or say you're super lazy. Um, I get this also shipped to me monthly and it fills those days where I just, I don't want to make coffee and, and, or I'm not around to make coffee. I've taken the train super early into work and my wife needs coffee. So that's, that's sudden coffee. I like these guys a lot. Uh, they used to make an Ethiopian bean for this, but I believe this is some sort of blend, uh, some sort of proprietary blend. They're from San Francisco. You are, um, yeah, up here we have like the Starbucks has their VIA stuff, which I'm assuming would be, you would stick your nose up at, but similar idea, right? Of It is quite literally the same thing. It can be mixed yeah. either with hot or cold water. It's probably put together by the same process. All that I believe sudden coffee is doing is they're working directly with a couple of coffee producers to make a consistent cup of coffee that people can rely on the same way that Starbucks does, but yeah. for a, a completely different flavor profile. I don't, I'm not a fan of Starbucks coffee or I would, I mean, it's, that is, that is a far more economical way of getting caffeine into my bloodstream. He's, Kyle's literally holding the, the vessel for that with like a button as if he's like trying to like, hit the uh, like you're in the hospital hit the got morphine, morphine drip yeah come on yeah, please come on. more right now why isn't this working <laughs> the other so, nurse the other uh instant coffee powder that i have is the uh four sigmatic mushroom coffee so this is this is kind of on the like health kick um i would not be surprised if this is sold at goop.com sort of type thing um, this mushroom coffee is a mixture of cordyceps and changa mushrooms with instant coffee powder. Uh, what it tries to promote, I guess, is like energy and vitality and other non-scientifically proven things. Uh, but it does make the same amount of coffee that the sudden coffee makes, but this is on subscribe and save through Amazon. So it, tends to make its way into our coffee rotation far more frequently than the sudden coffee does. Uh, other than that, I, I do like uh, the mushroom coffee in particular. I do like the flavor and consistency of it. Cause it's not really like a, a regular black cup of coffee. It's almost like you mixed a tiny bit of um, soy milk into it or a little bit of cream, uh, a, a bit more mouthfeel. To this cup of coffee uh that's to be quite honest i think that's my entire coffee setup that's it hey uh i've got a burr grinder i've got a, a that, yeah that's it i've got a burr grinder i've got a uh hot water kettle where i control the temperature 
it's it's one of those things that is a a joy in my life to focus on for more time than is probably necessary but i will enjoy for the time being until i can't anymore until until there are little ones also running around in my life and i need to uh i need to get a regular coffee brewer yeah which is not to say that kids destroy coffee but the idea of um when you've got three people shouting where's my toast or give me yogurt stuff and you forget if you want to be finicky about your aeropress or whatever method you're making your coffee you don't have it has it's a matter of seconds generally it's not like it sits for minutes and minutes at a time and so that's where you cannot sort of if you want to be again if you're worried about the variable of whatever each step along the way you can't lose focus from finishing what you start when you want to make coffee i guess especially with something like an aeropress or whatever because it is a matter of like 10 seconds, then do a pour over stir for 30 seconds. And then, and it, well, the whole thing only takes a couple minutes. So it's not that big a deal, but um, yeah. What's the thing about the pour overs and, and Chemex? I feel like it's a little more forgiving in that way where I can like, oh, okay, the water's off the boil uh, or whatever, two Oh five. And so I'll let it, I'll let it hang out for a bit. I don't need to pour it immediately. I can feed the cat. I can do other things. The most forgiving though, to me is this cold brew. I, I can go, you know, 12 hours on either side on when I brew this, when I actually filter it out and it can be consumed whenever and just kind of like re-iced and it doesn't really lose much of its oomph. It still's got the still's got the punch I need. Uh, so I, I, that is absolutely my preferred method because it does have so much leeway. So um, I know we're probably pushing the time limit here, but like the sell me on the idea of why you need a kettle with precise temperature um water for for me blind taste test it do you think uh i could well not with the same beans i probably could not with the same beans i would i would more than likely think it's it's fine the thing i like about my temperature controlled kettle is i can get it up to temperature and brew the beans get that first hit of hot water at my 205 degrees Fahrenheit. And then as the kettle cools, the beans are cooling as well. And then it's kind of, it's also cooling down in this bottom part of the vessel. And for consistency sake, by the time it gets from this bottom part into my room temperature, uh, ceramic mug, it's the exact right temperature for me to directly put in my mouth. So it's kind of not a, a, like i know that this is the way that it's supposed to be done it is just a what is the quickest way i can have both my pour over and get it in my face immediately so are you a sipper like for over the course of a couple hours or you consume the coffee pretty pretty quickly uh, or less yeah 15 minutes or less 10 minutes or less mm. at least for that first cup yeah i that I'm like not not an iced coffee cup, I guess, but like I I can't stand having an open lid coffee, like a mug. Yep. And so I use the travel mug or some sort of mug with a lid, which I the lid itself adds f- taste, adds a flavor that actually when I go back to not having a lid on it is is noticeably there, and and actually I don't like it. But interesting, like so a, a mug without a lid, the coffee tastes much better through because you just get that plasticky 
a bit of that plasticky flavor or whatever kind of ceramic or whatever lid style it is, I guess, but there's a bit of that to it. Um, but I like, I much prefer having a coffee that I takes me, I don't know, probably hour to hour and a half to drink rather than finish it off in 15 minutes. Cause it's, to me, half of it is the taste, but also the other half is just kind of the warm beverage sitting there. Maybe it's Canada. I don't know. But like <laughs> the, <laughs> the necessity to yeah. survive winter uh, is just sipping it over a long period of time. And so that's, that's where some of the more finicky coffee methods to produce less like more of an espresso style or whatever kind of s- smaller amount of coffee. Right. Even though the, the <clears throat> caffeine hit is there, it's the enjoyment for me is not there in terms of how I would consume that, I guess. So, yeah. And w- well, obviously with an open cup of coffee too, that's cooling off way, way, way faster. So it, yeah. it conjures up that terrible feeling of sipping on either a, a cold cup of coffee or like one that you accidentally left on your desk and then you go and you reach for it and there is mold floating in it, but but you took a sip anyway, unfortunately. I don't actually mind cold coffee in a cup, actually, now that I think about Maybe for the summer, I should start actually doing the open. The other part of it actually is not just anything else, but just worrying that I'm going to spill it on my desk. So right. I, not that I'm exceptionally clumsy, but there's just, I'm not, I don't have a super clean desk. And so like placing it down and I actually put half of it on a sticky pad of notes or whatever. And then I've got coffee everywhere. And um, yeah, as you know, computer equipment audio gear <laughs> tends to be a little uh, less forgiving to uh, cars phone i mean anything it, pretty much everything is is unforgiving at this point if you've got a hot beverage laying around your lap even i mean that's that's the, probably the worst scenario but it, you can't go wrong with putting it into a vessel that keeps it hot for long it's not like it's a uh, insulated to the point where you can plug it in with USB and keep it warm no. or anything. No. <laughs> so it's, I think it's fine. It's not a big deal. There is, yeah. uh, I, we've probably ruined quite a few of those to go containers with uh, sugar or uh, cream or whatever, adding it to the coffee. And then the inside of your stainless steel container just gets this awful tinge of kind of brownish coffee and tea and uh, yeah. It's a bad look. It's a really bad look. But I, we have we have way too many, way too many mugs. Here's something. Uh, maybe I'll wrap up with this. All right. Hot beverage. Small little mug with a handle. Would you ever drink a cold beverage from an opaque mug with a handle? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, even drinking water from like a coffee mug is like it feels just all kinds of wrong to me. And like, so like so if you're camping and stuff, that's sometimes what you just have to do. Okay. But it just, it conjures up. Yeah. It just looks like, also, a, yeah. but come also when you're camping, you kind of have to like in the middle of nowhere and wipe your, and not have anything to wipe your butt with. So there's that. I, I can only imagine the Roderick family camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. 